Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or visit their website at greyhoundpp.com.au. We hope that you enjoy this episode and thanks to everyone for your support in promoting our wonderful industry. Let's start off with um, your <laughs> your selfie behind the boxes at Wentworth Park, which I just absolutely love. So tell me, like, you basically put in the post that, you know, it was a dream of yours to be um, the starter for a night at Wentworth Park. So tell me what it was like once you knew you were going to become the starter for that night and what the experience was like. All right. So when I got to Wentworth Park, I had no idea what position I'd be doing. Um, one of the staff members who is normally the starter, um, he said that he wasn't well. So he goes, Anne-Marie can start. So we're going to put her in there. And I'm like, okay. So it was like big anxiety for me. Then I'm thinking, oh, no, I've been thrown in the deep end. I said, it's a dream of mine. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Uh, my heart was racing, palpitating. Like, and I even had knobbly knees. I never, ever get knobbly knees when I'm, um, when I'm starter. So, you know, I've, I've gone and done my box checks and all that stuff before kenneling, and I'm thinking, oh, I hope this – I hope I don't make any mistakes because I'm so nervous. Yep. And, you know, I, but that, like I'm saying, I've never been nervous at any other track. It was just because Wentworth Park is just – it's prestige. It's, yep. you know, it's – you know, if you've made it to Wenny Park, then you've made it. You know what I mean? Like, yep. So when, yeah, so when the moment that I got told that, you know, thrown in the deep end, I'm going to be the starter, knobbly knees, after <laughs> race two, I was, I sailed into it just like a duck in water and took straight to it. And I'm telling you, it was the biggest buzz. And from what I can remember from when I was a little girl, I remember saying, Mum, I want to work here. I, I need to be at Wentworth Park all the time. And every time that mum and dad would go down to race, I would, which wasn't often, yep. but every time they go down to race, I am coming with you because I just love the atmosphere. Like Sydney, the lights, the, it yep. just, it was the brilliant, you know, you had to yep. be there. Yep, 100%. So, and I'm thinking all that, all those memories from when I was little come rushing back and I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I'm, and I never thought I'd get the chance to be the starter at Wenny Park because it's about to close, you know, we're, we're losing it and it's really yep. sad. I don't want to lose it. No. You know, but, and I thought, you know, this is my dream and I thought, what what have I done to deserve this? I don't understand. Like, I mean, I don't do it often, but I did do it last night as well. So I've done it two times now. Yep. And last night was better because I was well prepared for it I wasn't just thrown in but you know and I'm still on a high like you'll never wipe that smile off my face like <laughs> take that off the bucket list we've done it <laughs> so like because you know me massive um greyhound nerd so take me back to when yep. you said about you do the box check so because I've never like you know I've never even handled a dog so I have no idea what goes on so I just pick other people's brains so pre-meeting what happens what do you do when you say you do box checks Yep, so as the starter, we go and check all boxes that we will be using for the night. Yep. So, um, yeah, all of our distances. So we're checking out the front of the boxes. We're making sure that it's all watered properly. There's no holes in the sand at the front of the boxes. It's graded properly. All numbers for our race one. Um, so we're checking what race we're in first. We're checking if we've got any scratchings, if we've got to turn the numbers around on the boxes. Yep. Everything's working correctly. 
we're on auto instead of manual start because that makes a massive difference. If you're about to start a race and it's on manual, you're gone. <laughs> like, you know, so you've got to make sure because, I mean, the stewards go and do all the checks and stuff, but you've just got to double check as a yep. starter what you're, you know, what you're got and, you know, that you're ready and you're prepared. All your lights are working and, um, yeah, so basically just general check of all the boxes, make sure we're all in working order and everything's ready when we're about to start. Yep. Do you guys still, um, I know this was years ago, I saw this happen on Easter egg night, they were testing the trip start. Do you guys still do that as well? Yeah, yeah, we do. So yep. before the, um, the so when the stewards do their checks, they will do the check of the boxes with the um, with the lure driver. So he'll be upstairs. They walk the track. They'll, they'll click it on green. The lure will go around and all the boxes just make sure that they're all doing it, um, opening properly and correctly. Yeah. Um, and if there is, like, you know, a problem with the boxes and the trip isn't working, that's when they flick it to manual and the stewards will let you know, as being the starter, what you've got to do when, when you're on manual. But, yep. I mean, everybody's – you've been trained in manual starting, um, but still, like, you know, if you haven't done it in a long time, you've still yep. got to have that little bit of a – you know what I mean? A, just to know where all the trips are and when to open and – Yep, and yep. Yeah. So what is – you know, I <laughs> I get nervous for people when they say, oh, we're going to do a manual start. I think, oh, God. And, you know, obviously you're, yourself and your husband who've got years of experience with it, you know, it's no dramas. But what's that like when all of a sudden, you know, there is a, a failure or something goes wrong and they say, right, you got to do a manual start? Like because that just requires just so – the most intense form of concentration, doesn't it? Oh, it does. You've got to be on the ball. So you've got to make sure, like you always let the trainers know, say, trainers, this will be a manual start. Most of them get upset, which you would because it's not usually what we do, but we do it if you have to and there's, you know, things that do go wrong. Yep. But um, you've just got to let them know that we're doing a manual start, give you plenty of room just so I can see when we're, you know, see where the trip is, make sure we're going to do it. Yep. And you're anticipating. So when that lure's moving and it's coming up, you're and it's in one big motion, and you know what I mean. You might be spot on, you might be a little bit after, but I mean, still, as long as you're as close to it as you can, and I mean, people, you can only do the best that you can do. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, but I mean, it is. It's a bit. You know, you get your heart palpitations. Yep. But, I mean, because <laughs> yeah, like I'm saying, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, you're ready. I mean, you just take it just as a normal meeting. Just normal start, Just you just do that. Yep. So, you know, obviously, um, and it's been a great initiative by GWIC, that, you know, they're slowly lowering the um, the age that, you know, obviously young people can start handling dogs in races and trials, which is great. So for anybody like myself, again, that, um, you know, hasn't handled a dog in a race, what is the process? Obviously, you know, we see you guys on TV talking to them, but we don't really know what you're saying. So what happens once the dogs go behind the boxes? What happens from there? Okay, so when we call the lines over, we normally call them um, in reverse box order. Yep. Then we, we will tell them what lines they're in. So one, three, five, and seven, and then two, four, six, and eight. And then we say, once you're in position, if you'd like to remove your leads and collars, and then you're just holding your greyhound, and then we just say, we'll just wait for my call. This is Stuart. It's the Stuart that'll give the direction, but it's always the starter's last call. Yep. So once you hear, even though know, you've heard the Stuart say, all right, we'll move them in. If the starter has got to make sure that all them leads are clear, everybody's ready and all ready to go, then they will give that initial first line in, first line only. Yep. And then we'll go with the second line and so on. But, um, yeah, it always should be the starter call. Then yep. it's the starter's direction. Yep. 
And obviously once, you know, not many people know what you guys do once the lid's actually open, but what, you know, well, we might think, oh, it's great, you just stand there and watch the race, but obviously, you know, you guys still have a job to do once those lids open as well. Yes, true. Um, we have to go, we open up all of our, open up all the flaps, the lids and everything, and we always make sure that there's no debris that has gone in there. There's nothing like extra Vaseline or anything that's all on the side of the boxes. So we've got to go and check all those number one to eight all individually just to make sure um, we will sweep them out if there's excess or, you know, excess sand in there and things like that, leaves, spiders. We've had ants in the one, some oh. of them, you know, had <laughs> heaps of those little crickety bugs. So, yep. you know, we're always shooing them out. <laughs> and then um, then when we've done that, we'll we'll put the lids back down, we'll, um, we'll set it, we'll pump them so they're ready for the next jump because, you know, the compressor's always got to fill back up. Yep. So, yeah, we'll pump them. Then we'll always go out the front once all that's done. We'll go out the front to the sand. We'll make sure that there's no divots or holes and we'll just smooth that out, make sure the surface is all even playing field for everyone. Yep. And if the, if the grass mat at the front needs a watering because, you know, you don't want burnt pads, dogs coming out, you know, burning their pads and stuff like that. So we always make sure that that's a little bit damp, just anything like that happens. Yep. Just, yeah, make it, get it all ready for the next race because you're always checking which the scratchings are and then you've got to get all that ready. So when you're coming to the boxes for the next race, you're not standing there pulling down the lids and the doors yep. and things like that and you think, oh, well, that's unprofessional. Professional, so yep. you're always ready to go for the next one. Yeah, nice. So everybody out there, when you're watching a race next, um, the starter doesn't just have a job of flicking a <laughs> switch. Flicking There's a, a lot more involved. Fancy wave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me, is there a particular um, race or like a big race that stands out in your mind that you've been the starter for that you know sort of was a memorable moment for you? Obviously, other than you know doing your first meeting at Wentworth Park. That will that would be the biggest standout as of today. Yep. Nice. <laughs> so I've not done I've not done any big ones like no million dollar chases or anything like that. I mean I've done some of the um I've started one of the heats. I oh, was sorry the the one at Gosford the other week when they um I think they run first second and third. I think we had a yeah the regional one the regional one. But yep. um yeah but to date now it's got to be my first go at Wenny Park. Yep. Yeah, I will no. I will never forget this now like <laughs> it's it's in there. <laughs> Well, what's the goal now? Now that you've sort of ticked that off your bucket list, have you got another goal now? Would you like to start uh, for a big race? Oh, I think I would be a barrel of nerves, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not going to say no because I mean that would be a massive thrill. Like I'm. I'm. I'll be confident to do it, but um, yeah, I'll be a big barrel of nerves. But <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't count out the million dollar chase. That'd be good, but I, I don't want to take it from anybody. Like I'm yep. not about to come in and take anyone's job or positions away from them. But you know, if the opportunity came up, I wouldn't say no. Yep, yep. So tell me, um, you know, obviously you said it was, um, you know, you sort of first had these ambitions, you know, back when you were going to the track with your parents and that. Is that sort of, was it sort of always in your mind that you wanted to sort of do something like this and, and work at a track or did you want to become a trainer yourself or what was sort of, you know, the focus for you when you were growing up? Oh, no, never become a trainer. I remember when we were little, we never ever went on holidays or anything. Dad was always... <laughs> We can't go anywhere. We've got the dogs and you just can't take them and give them to somebody else. You've got to make sure that you're in the routine. So, but, you know, I, so I never, ever wanted to be a dog trainer, not, but, you know, I've always wanted to work or do something with the greyhounds in, in that sense of things like, you know, um, whether or not help somebody else to, you know, like be 
kennel hand or something like that for them. But yep. uh, just when the opportunity came up, when I first started working at Gosford, that's what that's where I first did my ever first ever shift when I was back in two thousand and six. It was. Yeah. Um. So, but when I first did that, I, I just knew it, and then it, from there, it start. I started at Maitland, and then I went to the gardens and everything like that. So, um, I knew basically then that I'm going to be working in the industry somehow some way yep now out of all sorry the only thing I can't the only thing I can't do at the tracks is lure drive but I really don't want to learn that (laughs) yeah no that's a whole (laughs) different sort of kettle of fish with when it comes to pressure isn't it (laughs) oh and it's a thankless job you know they um they never really remember the good drives only the bad really that's what we've come to find out during this time with all the little the lure drivers around yep now, out of all the things that you do at the tracks, like I've seen you, you're pretty much a jack of all trades. Is starting yep. your favourite aspect um, of what you do? Oh, it is. It'd have to be up there because you know we we do like to change our positions around, and it doesn't feel like a, a job, like something that is going to get you down. Like you know, if you keep doing all the same, you know, the same thing, you, yep. you get a change around. So you know, when you're out on the track and you're doing the run back gates and you know the return gates, and one day you'll be started, you'll be in the kennels, you know, just. Everything. Everybody loves doing all their positions, but changing around just feels like you got a different job every day, which keeps it fresh, yep. keeps it fun. Yep. Now, over the years, have you sort of, um, you know, obviously other than, you know, your family's dogs, have there been any dogs that sort of, you know, I always like to say to people, do you have a favourite dog of all time or, you know, a favourite dog that you love to follow? Do you have any? Because obviously, you know, you're really lucky. You get to see most of the good ones up close. I I do, but oh, not saying that I'd have a favourite. But blue dogs in general, if you've got oh, a blue lovely. dog and yep. it's a good dog, I, I mean, I don't even care if it's not even a good dog. <laughs> I just love to watch the blue ones go round. I mean, it's it's always been my most favourite. You know, all the other dogs, beautiful colours, and but the blue ones stand out for me. So, and I, I wouldn't even know their names from a grain of soap or bar of soap. But yep. um, you know, I, I just love just watching dogs in general. Just, you know, the thrill of it. I know how much work goes into them and, you know, what trainers have to go through and it's and, and it's their personality, you know, like, yep. yeah, more so their speed. And I, I just love the greyhound in general, just yep. beautiful animals all round. Yep. Now, for anybody sort of, because, you know, I don't, you know, you probably get more questions about it than I do, but I don't get a lot of people, or especially the little youngsters, saying, oh, look, you know, I'd love to work at a track or that. They're all sort of more interested in the handling, you know, becoming a handler, trainer side of it. But, you know, just from your perspective, and obviously, you know, we can all tell that you love what you do. For any, you know, little youngster or just anybody looking to, you know, maybe get into the industry and, and working behind the scenes, like what would be your advice, you know, obviously to go to the track, maybe volunteer, or you know speak to someone like yourself who's been doing it for for so long oh absolutely any anyone that's been working at the track for a long time will tell you that they you know they don't do it for the money the money is not really great but we do it because we love it yeah. like you know just being just being around the dogs like so if, if you're a youngster i'd say come and chat to us like you know it's all it's a different experience so yeah if a young young handler or something like that you know you want a job just start I know you'll start at the bottom you won't get the good position straight away like say starter and things like that you've got to work your way up but 
everything is experience, you know, and the more experience I get with the dogs, the more I love them. You know, I just really, really, and I do, I enjoy coming to work. Everyone's going to see me singing, happy, dancing (laughs) all the time. I just get a thrill out of it. I mean, all the trainers too um, have a great, you know, not a relationship, so to speak, but I can, I can, yeah, a rapport basically. So, you know, and I can have a joke with them, you know, the ones who can have a joke and I'm always happy, smiling. They always know me, happy, smiley, always (laughs) singing, always happy. But, I mean, if you love what you do, it makes it so much easier to go to work and to get up in the morning and just keep doing it. Like, you know, and it does not feel like a really – it's not a hard job. It's something that you need to be – It's you've got to be visual. You've always got to have your wits about you and, you know, have a laugh, have a joke, but always be professional in the end. Yep. Yeah, I say to, like, you know, a couple that say, oh, you know, I'd love to be a handler or a trainer. I said, well, you know, doing something like yourself or volunteering or, you know, watching whatever you know the options out there are I said you you don't just learn one aspect I said you'll learn the whole race day slash trial day aspect and I said then it it, you know it can help you decide if that's sort of the path you want to go down because sometimes I see people that you know they get their handlers license and they go oh no this is not what I thought it was or that whereas if they're doing it from your side they're sort of learning you know the behind the scenes thing from you know basically before a race like you know going in to get your dog out of the kennel right up to post race because I think people just watch on tv and I get you know people I work with say all the time they go oh geez it looks so easy and oh you just rock up to the track and race your dog I'm like "Mm, it's not there's a little bit more to it than what you see on tv yeah all the all the stuff behind the scenes and everything that have got that race meeting to go ahead like you know where we turn up, I think it's half an hour before our shift and if we need meetings or go through the briefing of what we're going to do that night, we're all, you know, we're all briefed, we all find out what's going on and we're all ready to go. So, I mean, behind the, the behind the scenes, it, and, I mean, it all works like clockwork on the night and I can see why some people would go, oh, you know, that just, it looks like it's so easy. But, you know, everyone that works as a team and we, we just all get it done. Yep, yep. And I'm... I, Good stuff. That's all good. Do you like obviously going back to the Wentworth Park thing? I know that's probably near the top of your list, but is there any other like? And it doesn't have to be on track, but is there anything you know? And it could be comical as well that sort of sticks out in your mind that you've had um, on a either whether it's a, a race day or, or trial day experience at the track. Oh, had any streakers? Oh my goodness, we've had a few. Um, not not streakers get down to their undies or nothing like that, but we we did have one at Gosford, and um, this man decided to when the race was coming into the catching pen, he decided to try and outsmart the dogs, race the bunny. But no. in turn, he actually got slammed by the bunny. Oh! And um, when he come running, and I met him at the six hundred meter boxes, he had sandal over his face and back, and I just thought that would have been so funny watching that Lewis smash you, but. <laughs> Not saying in a bad way, not saying that he got injured or anything. He didn't yep. get injured. He was in good spirits and he and he kept running like he did a victory lap out the gate, which was really good. But um, I'm just thinking that would have been funny to see you go down because in saying that you, you get injured and, and it does affect the staff as well because we're always thinking if that lure hits you yeah. and it, it can kill you. Like yep. people don't understand these things. And, you know, even say the lure driver as well, he's not looking for people and he's, you know, no, whipping it right. away from the catch and pen. Yep. And this man comes out of nowhere and then how's he going to feel if he damages this man? Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like, yep. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a standout, so to speak, but 
I mean, I'm saying we, we do get those streakers and they think it's funny, you know, had a few drinks, but, you know, and it'd be funny to race the bunny. They're not all fast. Yep. Yep. <laughs> all these just... people that run. <laughs> I was about to say Dan Russ, Annie's just exposed you, but no, I know it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. You've been listening to the Greyhound Girl Podcasts with Dimity Ma, proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or their website, greyhoundpp.com.au.